hello. It's Dr. Tamara Beckford with the Dr. Tamara Beckford Show. And we are here with one of my sister doc here. All righty. Before we go any further, I know you guys are probably wondering, like, wait a minute. Where can I find all of these wonderful episodes? Have no fear. Have no fear. All of these wonderful episodes, including the one that we're going to have today, can be found on my Dots website. That's U-R-C-A-R-I-N-G-D-O-C-S.com. Select podcast, and you're going to see Dr. T's beautiful face. So just select, yeah, click here, and you'll be hearing <laughs> this wonderful, wonderful interview. Now, if you are a doctor out there and you're like, you know what? I want to get on the show. Have no fear. You can just send me an email at drbeckford at yourcaringdots.com to book. Do keep in mind, we are booked out three months in advance. Why? Because you guys are just so awesome. You guys are doing so many amazing things inside and outside of clinical medicine. So we are here today with one of my sister docs, and we are going to get down and tell you all about the options that she has for all of her podiatric patients. All right. So let me bring you in in this wonderful session. Alrighty, so my sister doc here, her, well, I'm not gonna give you her name yet. I know if you're reading, you can see it, but still, for those of you listening, we're gonna bring it in in this style. <laughs> so our sister doc here, she graduated from Des Moines University College of Podiatric Medicine. That was in Iowa, medicine and surgery. So she did her training, one of her many trainings, cause this sick, she she went all in, you guys. So you'll see how, how much of an awesome, podiatrist she is. So she did part of her training, the first set in St. John's Hospital in Warren, Michigan. So all my Michigan people, hello, hello, hello. Then she did a fellowship <clears throat> in wound care surgery at UT Southwestern Med Center in Dallas, Fort Worth. So all my Dallas people, hey, shout out to you guys. That's one of your sister there. Then she also did a visiting scholar. She was a visiting scholar. She learned how to do reconstructive microsurgery and she went across I don't know would we say the pond and then around <laughs> the world so she went all the way over to Taiwan yes and she did plastic and reconstructive microsurgery so she can do it all this is the wonderful one and only Dr. T Wynn <laughs> wow that felt oh, that my so God. cool like Knocking it out of the ballpark, Dr. Wynn. How are you today, Dr. T? Oh, Dr. Beckford. Wonderful. What a wonderful way to come in. I love your applause button. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We didn't even tell them the best thing. So you've done all of these wonderful things, but you are also, like you said, the CEO and founder and medical director of Pacific Point Podiatry Incorporated over there in California. She's in the Santa Cruz area, she was telling me, if you guys know Pebble Beach and you guys are thinking about all the golf tournaments, guess what? She's right around the corner from you, ready to take great <laughs> care of you. So, alrighty, welcome, 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 Dr. T. You know, we always want to find out from all of our wonderful guests, like, what is it that made you decide that you wanted to go into podiatric medicine? Like, what is it? Such a great question. And I, you're going to like this answer. Because it took me a long time to get to it because I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know I was going to go into medicine. I started my medical career path as a pharmacy technician. I was working in a pharmacy. I thought I wanted to get into pharmaceuticals, the mm -hmm. science, the toxicology, a pharmacist even, but I was like, there's not a lot of people interaction here. So I started to look into cl clinical career paths mm -hmm. and I was like, 
I want to be as far as the face as I possibly could be. <laughs> okay. So I that's how I got. <laughs> and that's my final answer. <laughs> I love it. She's like, I'm going all the way south of the face. Yes. You're like, to the abdomen, no, keep going. <laughs> all the way down. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Yes. Love it, love it, love it. Alrighty. So, you know, after, and it's interesting that you said that you're career started by thinking about like pharmacy because that's the same way mine started where I <laughs> thought that I was going to do pharmacy myself like you know in high school and you know did the same thing where you're working I didn't I didn't work as a farm tech but as working around I realized that I wanted that interaction so I really totally feel you when you're like where is that patient interaction that I yeah. see yeah so I want more I want more all right. Yeah. So now you're are here. You're like, I want to be as far away from the face as possible. And you went all the way down to the feet and you're like, yep, that's my territory. So you <laughs> said, yes, my territory. And now you're in podiatry school. How was that experience? I don't think I knew it was coming because I had, <laughs> I, you know, like, let's OK, let's be real. I'm a I'm a child of immigrant parents. So mm -hmm. secondary education was like a privilege to have. Yes. So my parents are coming from Vietnam. They come to the States not knowing any English, not having more education than what maybe middle school, high school mm -hmm. even level. So they come here and they have wonderful me. And then I go through high school. And then at the end of high school, I didn't know you were supposed to apply for college. I thought it was just like the next thing. Like, you know, you go from kindergarten, you sign up to public mm -hmm. education <laughs> to elementary, middle school, and then high school. I went to all public education. And then at the end of my senior year, I saw all of my friends, they were prepping for college. And I was like, cool, that's just the next stepping stone. Right. But I didn't realize you actually had to apply. Like you had oh, to prove you that you yourself. Just, yeah, it was I just, just like, thought it was like, you just okay, show up to the admin up. office and was like, I'll just take a bunch of these classes, right? Mm -hmm. And so I didn't actually have a mentor or a role model to show me the next path. And so I mm -hmm. kind of struggled a little bit after high school into community college. Mm-hmm. And people were so generous at the time. They were like, oh, you're doing a good thing. It's cheaper to go to community college. You know, you're going to see everything. You're going to figure out what you're going to want to do. And so I go from community college to UC San Diego, mm -hmm. just doing what everybody else was doing, which was human biology, with the idea of going into medicine. And then I was like, the last year of my college mm -hmm. year, my senior year, the next step again, I was like, wow, history has a way of repeating itself. I don't know what I'm <laughs> going to do after this. What happens between college and then life? I thought you'd just show up with your bachelor's degree and get a job. That's and then I got, look, I, yeah, <laughs> I got a job at a pharmaceutical company, which I thought was fascinating, but they paid so little. And mm. I was like, I spent all this money to, to get my undergrad degree and I get like a dollar more than minimum wage. This is really weird. Right? And so I started diving into different, different jobs, just trying to see like, what does it take to make more? Mm -hmm. And then I found myself, you know, with my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, he was very mm -hmm. driven. He was always like, I want to do medical school. I want to be a doctor. And I was like, that's wild. That's like forever and an eternity. I don't know if I want to do that. Mm -hmm. But slowly but surely, I got roped into the, the abyss that is medicine. And then <laughs> I... I ended up choosing to go to Des Moines University because my husband's a DO, doctor of osteopathic mm -hmm. pathway. So at DMU, um, the podiatry program, the DPM programs took classes with the DOs. And so we were like, 
this sounds like really fun. Like I can expand my brain, but also stay really focused on what I want to do, which is again, furthest from the face. And so (laughs) (laughs) I went in very naive, Mm-hmm. thinking that it was just another step in this regiment of my life that I just needed to show up, take classes, take exams, and then be done. Little <laughs> did I know this was going to be the hardest time of my life in the next three to four years was to be seated amongst other very smart people. Uh, so I used to be the smartest in my classes. Mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. were really, things were so easy. I was like, it's so easy. It's lame, right? And so I was like, <laughs> So I came in like, this should be, I should be able to figure this out. And then I go there and I'm sitting amongst peers who are mm. way more intelligent than I was, way more motivated. They have different drivers. And I was like, wow, I'm in the bottom of my class. This blows. Like, this is a big blow to my ego. <laughs> the ego, like at that point, alrighty. So we're going to pause a little bit because there are going to be some people who are listening to this, who are watching this. Who first year med student, first year podiatry student used to be the top of the class because we all went through this. What are we gonna say to those people right now? <laughs> oh, sometimes you need a reality check and just like <laughs> life throws at you, like you are not the bomb, you are not <laughs> it. There is more to know. And the the worldview that I had was so small. It was, you know, very constrained to what I had as role models, which was yes. none. So I was like creating my own pathway. And I didn't know that there was more to achieve. I didn't know there was a planning process mm. that came with life. You know, it was mm-hmm. more than just escaping the Vietnam War. It was more than escaping communism. It was actually creating opportunities that we can, whatever we can imagine, we get to create mm-hmm. rather than a pathway that was paved for us. And that so that was kind of what I was leading with. Like, wow, it, I really do have the opportunities to make the life that I want to live. And that was very scary because I was yes. like, that means... I had to put myself out there. That means I had to fail a lot because I don't have a roadmap. Mm-hmm. That means that my I ego had in public. Be in public, yeah. Yes. And that means that my my ego was going to have to hurt a lot before mm. I came to recognize that I actually don't know much at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have to be receptive to being able to learn from other people who do know more. Yes, absolutely. And you know, it's so interesting that you're getting these life lessons right there. And there are a couple important parts that I think that we should pull so far from this wonderful story, which is one within life. Sometimes you're the cream of the crop and sometimes you're the thing that we're stepping on (laughs) and trying to wipe off our shoe, you know, and uh, there are going to be periods in your life where everything is planned out for you. But then there are additional periods in your life where you have to sit and plan. And that's the beauty of life when you can sit. And so once you recognize like, wow, I can actually plan my life and work towards what I want versus what's given to me. Next step one, do this. Step two, do that. Fill out this form. Yes, you go from kindergarten. Now you just go into first grade. You graduate elementary school, just go straight on to high, you know, middle school. Then go to high school. Then after that, you're like, well, what's next? What's next is what you make of it, right? Yeah. What you make of it. So that's just, I mean, that's just so wonderful. All right. So now, I mean, you're in <laughs> podiatry school and realizing like, oh, snap. <laughs> what just happened to me here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what made what kept you going on? When did you get to that point? 
I think the financial restraint is what kept me going. I took out a six-figure debt to be where I was at. (laughs) And it wasn't like I can just walk away and be like, this is not for me. Mm -hmm. Because I literally had no other way or understanding on how to make money money other than trading my time for work, you know, working those hourly jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, Having executive positions wasn't in the cards for me because I had a bachelor's and so did everybody else. And so Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what else to do. So I had to commit myself to figure it out. And so the only, I wasn't really looking on going to a different school, you know, getting Mm -hmm. like an MBA degree or anything. I was fully committed financially and emotionally. Mm -hmm. I had to make this work for me. So in the four years of uh, podiatry school, I was just kind of cruising like on the bottom half of my class. And I was like, I'm still making it through. Like, don't tell anybody, right? (laughs) And so I was like, I was like, you know what, though? I do have skills that other people don't have. And I Mm -hmm. want to capitalize on those things. And those things were often like creative, creative endeavors. They Mm. were like in writing articles or publishing papers or doing research. So I had to just find my niche of Mm -hmm. things that I was interested in doing and that I can be really good at. I could, I was not very good at being the top of my class and taking any exams by any Mm -hmm. means. Like Mm -hmm. there was just no way I knew that wasn't in the cards for me. And that's not where I really wanted to spend my energy was to pass a test. I just needed to get through it to get through the next test because we were just like bombarded with all the things. But I was like, this is not really fun for me to just always be solely focused on the academics and passing a test. I really wanted to do more. Mm-hmm. So then that's kind of where I started to dive into the different parts of medicine, not just clinical practice, mm-hmm. but also doing research or mm-hmm. asking social questions. I was doing my public master's in public health and I started seeing medicine as kind of a worldview of what is the social problems that we can solve mm-hmm. that isn't really based on taking an exam and just passing it, but what can I do that has value to my community? So I started right. to reach out to people outside of the system, outside of podiatry, other medical doctors, other professionals, just to see what their worldview was and how they define what success was, number one, and number two, what are they contributing to enhance their community? Mm -hmm. So walking into residency program, I had this like different vision of what training was going to be like. It wasn't going to be exclusively learning the books and applying it clinically, which was really important. But I also wanted to do like a plus one to that. Like, what else could I do that was Mm -hmm. fun? And that drove my husband insane. And that drove my (laughs) program director insane because they're like, isn't this enough? Like, don't you have enough on your plate? And I was like, yeah, but yes. <laughs> but also there is other things out there than being consumed in this little bubble that we, is created for us. But I kind of wanted to branch out. So I kind of made the most of it in my residency time in the three years of surgical training in doing more than what was presented to me. I love it. I love it. So we have some people in the chat that are saying like, hey, I see someone giving you some high feet <laughs> and awesome. I think I might know who that is. I'll have to check to see if that's Yay. the wonderful Dr. Dakota, who says she's also a podiatrist. Awesome. So um, we also have um, Dr. Jeff Driscoll, who is saying, yes, isn't it interesting how na- naivety gets us a long way down this medical road, right? Oh, yeah. When we're like, uh, I'm just it's a survival skill. It kind of is. <laughs> At its best, at its best. In addition, we have um, wonderful Casey Pacquio, Pacheco, um, who's saying that's a very profound life. It's not escaping the unpleasant, but creating the life you want. I love it. By planning to do that, we need to drop our ego, which we learn very quickly once you enter professional school. 
and open up to learn from others. Very good conversation. And then she also adds that she loves that you were looking for value to the community. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. All righty. So now that you've driven everybody crazy because you're like, I want to learn more. This, plus more. <laughs> more. <laughs> plus more. So, more. Now, yeah. so now, okay, so you've done that and you've done more. Mm -hmm. You stepped out into, you know, you finished residency. Not only did you do more, so you did your regular podiatric um, surgical training. Then you like more. Okay, learned about wound surgery. <laughs> then mm -hmm. you like more. Learned about minimal reconstructive <laughs> invasive microsurgery. So then you want more. Now mm -hmm. we are out in the, what we call the real world. You've been <laughs> let loose. You finished all the training. No more. Um, having the attending to look over your work and you're out in the real world, what happens next? Oh my God, so scary, right? <laughs> no one no one is like, you're doing that wrong. You should do this. Or, mm -hmm. you know, you better check yourself. No, reality just checks at you, just checks you. Like you, you post something that might be a little bit politically incorrect and then the entire world checks you for that, right? Exactly. And this is what I really love about practice is that I get the opportunity to learn hands-on. Mm -hmm. It's not theoretical. It's not reading about swimming, but you're actually getting in the water and it's mm -hmm. very, very scary. Mm -hmm. And when you're drowning, you kind of just have to figure out how to not drown. So you're just kind of like, you know, in the water, you know, head up yes. a little bit. And so I'm at this point, you know, I, I figured out that I was unemployable at this point. I was driving everybody absolutely insane because I could not live in the constraints of traditional medicine. I could not be employed. I could not be in corporate medicine. Even in my private practice, I started to pivot out of insurances because I was like, I don't like the rules and the regulations and the mm -hmm. risk of audits that has to do with me taking care of my patients the way I see fit. Right. And so I started opting out of traditional insurance-based practices as well. And I'm still not done. And I was like, you know, I'm creating a life that is designed for me. Mm -hmm. But I also know there are people like me who want that kind of life, who just feel like Maybe they don't know what that really looks like for them. They're just kind of going through the flow like I did in all of my life, mm -hmm. but not realizing there's actually a different way to practice medicine. And so now I'm helping other podiatrists create their direct care practice so that their, their values are in line with the way they practice medicine and not somebody else's. So mm -hmm. I'm also a coach, a business coach for people who want to have the same kind of setup that I have, where I'm seeing fewer patients getting paid more and creating an independent life where I can do all these other things, mm -hmm. including life outside of clinical practice. Because I think so commonly, when we go into clinical practice, we think that's the only way to use our degree. Absolutely. And I think that's harmful, because then we are put in a box where maybe it doesn't really fit us perfectly. And then we feel defeated and we feel less than others because mm -hmm. we're not matching up to others' expectations. But I want to be able to set the example that you can really design your life however you want, however mm -hmm. little or how much you want to have in your clinical practice, and then do the other stuff that really fulfills your cup of tea. Right. Ooh. You like I that? love it. I love what you did there. <laughs> if you guys didn't catch it, Dr. T says you're doing all these things that fulfill your cup of tea. I love it. I, I love what you did. <laughs> but it's really important for you. And, you know, for those who are listening and you're just um, coming on, we're here with Dr. T. Um, she's a podiatrist, podiatric surgeon in California. So what she has done is she has built her podiatric surgical specialty care practice where she is working directly one-on-one -on -one with her patients. So there's no hindrance, there's no, um, and it's a 
non-insurance based practice. So when you get to see her, you guys get to get more than your 15 minutes because she gets to spend the entire time with you, coming up with your plan and coming up with a way that works for both of you for you to really get the best care. Now, when you decided to opt out, because there are a lot of people who are probably listening like, whoa, she's great. I don't know if I can do that. In a surgical specialty? Ooh, mm, I don't know. How long did it take you to get to that point when you're low? You know what? I'm going to just do this. I opened my practice in 2018 mm. and I was drowning in credit card debt mm -hmm. in the first year. And everyone says when you start a business, you're going to be negative before you become positive financially. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was prepared for that, but I wasn't. When I started to see the bills pull in and I had the staff who needed their wages secured and all of those things that, you know, we're competing for to have staff in-house. I was like, there's no freaking way that this model was going to work for a solo practice owner. Mm. And so I started to look for other podiatrists, other doctors who were already opted out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what are you doing that makes it work? And one of the things that I learned was that there were already business models out there doing this. So it wasn't like I was going to be the first right. to opt out. There were there were thousands of doctors already doing it. So I just had to look at everyone's different way of doing it and learn how they were all doing it. And then just kind of like, it's kind of like going to a buffet. You pick and choose what works, so what looks good and you try it out and you kind of see how it goes from there. And so it really started with me surrounding myself with people who were already doing it to show me mm -hmm. that it is possible because along the path, you may not always see that it, there are going to be some times that you're tested. There mm -hmm. are going to be some serious hardships and some deep reflections that I had to do to finally decide. So from 2018, and into 2020, 2020 at the beginning of the pandemic is when I really decided I need a different life. My career cannot look like debt. I cannot be living from credit card to credit card anymore. And so I said, I need to be paid on time when the service is rendered, just like when you were to go to the grocery store and you want to buy something, you know, the price of stuff. So mm -hmm. I made it a mission to be transparent with my fees and serve people who want that service. And surprisingly, there are a lot of people who don't have insurance or have a high deductible insurance who want faster access to care. And so those are the people that I predominantly serve. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. So once you started doing that, like, how would you say that your life changed personally? It's OK to be crazy. Like, <laughs> you know, sometimes what's crazy is actually what's in line with your values. Like mm -hmm. it seemed really crazy to do something like opting out because everybody else was opted in, mm -hmm. but it just, I couldn't get to the point where I was okay with making these peer to peer phone calls to justify why I'm ordering an MRI when I'm the surgeon, I'm the doctor, I'm the one that has hundred percent malpractice liability if things don't go right. Mm -hmm. So why am I allowing a third party payer to tell me otherwise that this may or may not be covered. And then I get to be stuck in the middle of that transaction and I want nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So now, you know, there's a part of you that now you've done this and now you're getting this peace of mind. And you talked about having this peace of mind to be able to live the life that you want, especially for your little girl, Violet. Mm -hmm. So now how is this time with you and Violet improved with this model? Oh my God. I'm so exhausted being a mom. Okay. So I'm also a mom <laughs> of a four-year-old and I, 
The reason I started my business was because I needed the freedom to set my schedule because I was predominantly taking care of her um, to daycare. I mean, in the first couple of months, she was in my office mm-hmm. until daycare was open to take her. And so it was nice to be able to bond with her in that way. I didn't have that bond with my mom because she was an immigrant and she had to work and all those things. So I wanted to create a different kind of life for my daughter where I was more available to her. So private practice was kind of the only way where I can say if daycare is unavailable, I could be available for Mm -hmm. her. And Mm -hmm. so I had that agreement with myself that the practice that I'm building is designed to make time for her. So if school was closed, I would be the one to take care of her and that would be okay. And that worked out for us. And the hardships that I'm going through as a business owner, I'm showing her that it's normal. I'm normalizing Mm -hmm. that it's normal to go through your ups and downs. Like it's okay to make decisions and to unmake decisions or to make mistakes and then to learn from them, but not to kind of live in that despair that, oh, I made the one wrong decision and that's the end of my career. No, it's just Mm -hmm. a stepping stone to the next thing. So I'm helping her see what resilience looks like and that she's capable of that as well. Wow, that is beautifully said, beautifully, beautifully said. And we also have another comment that it says, yes, Dr. T, thank you. It's only crazy because you're not living in a box referring to Dr. T deciding to opt out and go in the opposite direction of where most of her colleagues are. She said, I'd rather be out here enjoying life than living in debt, (laughs) AKA death. Love it, love it, love it. Alrighty, so now you know we have Pacific Point Podiatry there. Um, they're in the Santa Cruz area. You know, you've done so. What are some of the things that you do for your patients? So people are like, "Well, this sounds crazy." Now you're doing that. Well, I don't know what. <laughs> well, matter? yeah, let them know. What's... I would love to because I talk about feet all the time. Like all the time. I'm, like if you don't, if you're not into Pete, I'm probably really boring. But if you're in the world of wanting to stay active, mm-hmm. I am your go-to person because I help people stay active with minimally invasive solution. What does that mean? That means I can take a complicated problem in your foot and simplify it. And how I simplify things is oftentimes when somebody is insurance bound, they can only see what pays. So I'm offering things that oftentimes traditional insurance do not pay for, which is holistic care. It could be an injectable for foot filler. It could be preventive foot care, nail trimming, calories reduction, you know, uh, routine assessments. Those are things, unfortunately, that is not covered by traditional healthcare insurance. So mm. I'm filling a gap that people are already looking for. They want conservative options without surgeries. And mm-hmm. so I'm able to help them navigate their healthcare without insurance bias. So I'm, I'm offering these holistic measures. I'm also doing minimally invasive surgery in the office because I just wanted to cut out the middleman. I was like, if I'm going to take care of this patient, I'm going to take care of them with all of my attention. I'm going to look at them as a full human being with their needs that need to be met rather than what does their insurance cover, right? Mm. Because insurance will cover for surgery, but I know surgery is not for everybody. And right. so I'm looking for options that are, are innovative, that aren't considered mainstream yet. And I'm Mm -hmm. helping people stay active in with those modalities. Wonderful, wonderful. You know, minimally invasive surgeries, um, like you said, holistic and like care, like total care of these patients. And you're able to do all of this in the office. 
yes. right there. In, yep. In-house surgery, it just it just made sense to just create the interaction with me and the patient. You know, I had a patient yesterday who came in who needed a soft tissue mass removed. He's like, there was a growth on my leg. I have no idea what it is. I'm like, me neither. So the best way to find out is to remove it and send it to the pathology lab. Mm-hmm. And that was the fastest transaction I've ever had with surgery, where the alternative was to go through the surgery center to call the insurance and say, hey, are you going to pay for this? What is the patient's deductible? What are the ropes they have to go through to ensure the patient is being taken care of? And that could be drawn up for weeks to months. Mm-hmm. Whereas when a patient chooses to pay out of pocket, they're like, I just want this problem solved. And it's done within 24 hours. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. 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 So, you know, now you're doing this. And one of the things that people probably wonder is, well, you're doing all of this. How can you avoid or has this helped you to avoid burnout? (laughs) Has this helped you to like, are there ways that you are taking care of Dr. T? How are you taking care of the T? (laughs) That is such a good question, because I don't think I know how to avoid burnout. Sometimes it just you don't know you're burning out, you feel tired. Mm -hmm. And you're like, maybe it's something I ate. Maybe I didn't have enough caffeine. Maybe it was my kid driving me up the walls. (laughs) Like you don't really know burnout until you pass that point. Mm -hmm. But I do know that the insurance-based practice for me was not sustainable. I -hmm. was depressed. I felt Mm -hmm. very hopeless. I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm talking to colleagues and they all say, you have to see more patients. And I was like, but how do you squeeze out more than 24 hours in a day? I'm just not, the math is not computing. Like, what do you mean see more patients? And so I knew from the very beginning that the insurance-based practice was not going to work for me. And so Mm -hmm. I had to protect myself, meaning I had to do things that was radically different from social norm. And Mm -hmm. so that's how I feel that I am protecting my own self by just Mm -hmm. doing what feels like it's in line with my higher purpose. And oftentimes that's doing things that people are going to criticize me for. And that's okay because they are not going to be the people that are going to help me protect myself. And so I had to say no to a lot of opportunities. I had to say no and keep my space very clean and protect mm-hmm. my little environmental bubble here. Oh, and, you know, protecting boundaries, which is basically what you're talking about, is such an important aspect in one, preventing burnout and two, bringing yourself out of burnout. Right. Because a lot of times we get there from just not being able to say no. So yeah. with you being able to recognize what's aligned with your mission and your vision for what you see for yourself and the life that you are creating that requires some notes. And then that's really, because if you think about the life that you've had and you looked at where you, the direction that you were heading, how could you squeeze out more in 24 hours? As you said, there wasn't really that possible. So you were able to probably, even if you were on the verge of burnout, to help to avoid it because of the decisions that you made. And like you said, the decisions are not always very popular. You know, you will be criticized and you have been criticized. (laughs) You know, Dr. T, you know, she has this beautiful face, but she's a tough cookie. (laughs) She's like, listen, that's your opinion. Thank you so much for it. As we talk. <laughs> but yeah, no, you you definitely have to really um, create boundaries in order to help to avoid the burnouts, um, to create the life that you want, envision the life that you want and work towards it. And it's one step at a time, one decision at a time. And really question yourself, is this decision aligned with the vision that I'm looking for for my life? Not for the life that everyone has for me, right? Mm-hmm. 
but for money. Yeah, what works for me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Alrighty, so we're on to one of my fun questions of the day. Yes. <laughs> so, if you weren't a doctor, Doctor T, and let me see if there's anything else I'm gonna pull out. Okay, so you weren't a doctor or pharmacist. What would you be? Okay. Two things come to mind. Okay. I would be a professional eater. <laughs> so I can travel and try the foods of a different world. I love it. <laughs> you know, in the context of like Anthony Bourdain, but not so sophisticated, like he has a way with yes. words. <laughs> you know, yes, but just like, like maybe me. like this, like this E minus version of that, maybe that would be really cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that would really be outside of my comfort zone. And, and because, you know, you can't just eat and eat and eat. I would also mm -hmm. want to be a professional ballroom dancer of some kind, competitive level. Yeah. Wow. We have a couple of dancers. We don't have any ballroom dancers, though. We have a couple of dancers. I don't think I've had the professional foodie. So you're my first professional foodie. It's just interesting because I've done 163 interviews and you're out of the 163, you're the professional foodie. Yeah. I love it. I love it. We've had well, I love being the first. How funny. Yes, of course. Number one. Not that we are, you know, type A personalities or anything. Not at all. Not at all. Not no, at all. Not competitive. I don't think that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Love it, love it, love it. Alrighty, so Dr. T, you know, this has been a really great interview and thank you so much for enlightening those of us who weren't aware that you can have a non-insurance-based option for podiatric care, podiatric surgery, um, that there's even minimally invasive ways to take care of some of the what is considered at times complicated um, podiatrics um, issues. And you have that all available in your wonderful office there in, in California. So which is Pacific Point Podiatry Incorporated. Now, can you tell those who are watching <laughs> so, yes, I know Casey. Casey says she's never heard of a professional eater before. Well, now we know, like we said, this is how it is. We make the rules. <laughs> My rules. That's the life. Yeah, it's her rules. It's the life that we're living and creating. Absolutely. So let's tell others who are listening, where can they find you here, um, your office location, and also for those who want to work with you. And I forgot to even mention, you did touch on it, that for those of you guys who are podiatrists who are listening and who are watching, you know, Dr. T, she has done this for herself, and she also has a coaching program for where she's helping others to do that. So tell them all about that. The best way to find me is on Instagram. And I would love to connect with you if you're watching. Mm -hmm. It's Dr. T Podiatry. So you can see my screen name down below, but it's without the period. Dr. T Podiatry is one word. You can mm -hmm. find me on Instagram and LinkedIn. And if you are on LinkedIn and you know what you're doing, please help me out. I just started. And <laughs> But I would love to connect with other professionals as well. Casey's on LinkedIn. <laughs> Casey, connect with Dr. T. <laughs> just tell me what to do and like, please help. And then if you're a podiatrist interested in private practice in the direct care model, I am hosting a free webinar tomorrow on Friday at noontime. So connect with me on Instagram at T-E-A-D-P-M. That is the professional side of my account. So check it out, connect, and let's do something about that life you want. 
Absolutely. So T-E-A-D-P-M. So for those of you guys, all the podiatric people, I know you understand that. <laughs> so if you would love to connect, you said you have a wonderful free masterclass that you are hosting. So tomorrow is the 4th and the 5th of November. She has a wonderful masterclass that she's hosting. So let them know how they can connect and find that again. Go to your Instagram account. Which one? T-E-A-D-P-M for right. private practice podiatrists. For private practice podiatrists. Already wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. T, for stopping by with us and spilling all the tea <laughs> on this lovely life that you are living. And, the you know, it's really important. And I love that you're able to really give us this story, all the highs and the lows, because it's important to know that this journey, it is not easy but you can't create the life that you do want. You just have to be crazy enough to take that step, right? Yes, thank you Love so much, Dr. Beckford. No problem, so do you have any last words for us before we go, or for anyone who's listening, let them know. If you're listening, like this is the permission that you need, just be crazy, it's fine, it's normal to be crazy on the crazy side, right? <laughs> We're supposed to be crazy, go for it. Go for it, it's okay <laughs> to be crazy, it's okay to go against the norm. Alrighty, so you go out there and live the life that you want. Thank you so much, Dr. T. She's one of our wonderful doctors who are doing amazing things inside and outside of clinical medicine. Thank you for jumping on the Dr. Tamara Beckford show. And like I said, if you guys want to see this wonderful episode or hear it, don't forget, just go on our yourcaringdocs.com. That's U-R-C-A-R-I-N-G-D-O-C-S.com. You're going to see Dr. T's beautiful face. Yes. And just click listen here. If you do have an Apple device, please do not hesitate to leave us those wonderful five-star reviews because I know that this particular interview would help a lot of people, especially those in the podiatric spaces who thought maybe this wasn't for them. You never know. Like Dr. T said, go crazy. You can do it. You can do it. And if you are a doctor and you'd love to jump on the Dr. Tamara Beckford show, just leave us an email at drbeckford at yourcaringdocs.com to book. We will get in contact with you. Do keep in mind that our show is booked out three months in advance. So don't get discouraged. If you have a book launch, if you have a grand opening, if you have a masterclass, something that you would really love for others to know about, then, you know, you can always time it. And we'll lovely, we'd love to have you on the show so we can highlight all these wonderful things you're doing inside and outside of clinical medicine. So thank you guys for watching. Thank Dr. T for stopping by. We'll see you later.